Welcome to the Jordan Lear Program, Book Report Edition. I read Roots. I got no roots. roots. You like Dua Lipa? I read Roots, the saga of an American family. 687 goddamn pages. This was fucking... This is a long one. Went by in a breeze, though, man. Uh, Roots. Never seen the miniseries. Never seen it at all. Would have liked to have watched it before this shit. Didn't. I don't know. I just want to pump out this fucking shit. Uh, Roots. um, I read it, and it was full of white people doing bad shit. I gotta say. And I don't know if I'm the right guy to fucking do this book report, okay? I think as, uh, you know, I, I like to add comedic elements into my book reports, you know? And I think if I did that with this one, I think it'd be dug up and I'd get canceled. However, I think I have too many hours of stuff people would consider offensive, even though I'm an idiot and I have no idea what I'm fucking talking about. Uh, this is whatever. I, I just want to call it now. I'm, I'm saying I will get canceled, but I just want to call it. I just want you to know that I know that you fuck, you were going to, okay, no matter what, okay. I will not say the N-word, no matter how many people subscribe to my Patreon and, and request it. All of you are requesting it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, that's, that's a joke right away. All right. Um, dude, this, this book is like, every time I read a book and it kicks ass, you're like, that's the best book I've ever read in my life. That's one. Uh, and it was. It was another one of those. This gave me like Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix fucking vibes. You know what I mean? Um, except there's nothing good happening. Uh, that's not true. It is. This is how the book goes. Right away, in every scenario, it's like, you're kind of freaked out. You're like, oh man, this is crazy. And then it settles in. You're like, all right, you know, this is life. And then it's like, oh man, this is really good for some reason. And then some other part comes in and it's like, oh, this is the worst shit ever. And I don't want to keep reading. You know, this is the, like the easiest read I've ever had because it's written so well. And it's so like, you can just, Ugh, unfortunately, it's so visual. You can visualize all of it, uh, but it's like the hardest read because it's like so hard to fucking get through. And it's all real. It's a true story. Okay, now the author Alex Alexander Haley, Alex Haley, is that, what the fuck? Yeah, this guy. He, he's born in like the thirties, nineteen thirties, and he. I think he wrote this around the sixties and shit. And this is like a story that was passed on from his family about the original ancestor their you know great 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 grandfather that was first brought over on a slave ship that they called the african you know because a lot of people that were brought a lot of people were born into slavery you know they were they were they're were african american they were african americans you know uh they just called him the fucking n-word here that was the first time he ever heard that word ever uh but he had heard this story because it was supposed to get passed on, and they always heard this terminology that, like, you know, he pointed at a river and called it a combi blongo. He put, pointed at a guitar, called it a co. You know, he'd pass on these African words, or sounds at least, and it gets muffled through our generations. But apparently the guy fucking, he did the research and, like, matched up shit and looked through old slave records and all that shit and went back and found the old original African village and found out this guy's name was Kunta Kinta. Kuntikente. Disputed. Disputed. And I will round, we'll round it out to that after. You know, but it's pretty fucking incredible, no matter what. Okay? It's pretty incredible. So here's how here's how Rootsy went down. Um canceled probably for that too. I don't even know what that means. I was just fucking with a word. 
uh, roots. Starts with Kunta Kinta. Born 1750 in an African village. And right away, it's like, you know, his mom, she, she gives birth to him. And right away, she goes back to fucking work at the fucking rice paddy. And he's sitting there in his little tent, and she, you know, feeds him. But she's, like, working, you know. Women of this fucking tribe, they work. Fucking birthing and working, you know. Anywho. So it's, it's just a little crazy just thinking about, like, I don't know. Like, I've been fucking wiping my niece's ass the past couple months. And, like, there's, like, high-tech shit around. You know, we got huggies. We got fucking, you know, disposable diapers. We got wet wipes. Disinfectants. And they were just, like... We're in the rice paddy. Fucking kid's over here. Okay, hope <laughs> hope he doesn't die. Hope a fucking tiger doesn't come over here and fucking snatch his ass up. Happens. Uh, hopefully the fucking white man doesn't come steal him one day. The white man called the Taobab. They call the white man the Taobab all throughout this book. Or Kunta Kinte does. Uh, and I think I think people need to really bring that term back. I think, I think they're in... I'm just saying, whenever... Next time you talk about defunding the police, call him the Taobab. Just... Sling that in there. I like that, okay? Am I uncanceled now? Oh, he's on the other side. Uh, he's born in this village, and I don't know. He's got a pretty fucking kick-ass dad. His family is, like, known as being fucking good and shit. He's got a good history. He's, gr- he's named after his great-grandfather or, or his grandfather that, like, was a badass that prayed for rain for them and shit, and it worked. And So he's growing up, and... You know, it's like they've got school and shit. They they measure people. They call them each little uh, generation of boys like a, a, a KFO. So, like, you're in the first KFO, age zero to five. Second KFO, like, five to fucking uh, 15. And then you got to go to your man training, which is, like, the way he sounds like is it's like you're out there with fucking Survivor Man. And he's like, figure it out, you know. They go for their man training and get, the, like, the shit beat out of them. They kind of got to do some Spartan shit, hit each other a little bit, and hunt for food but they learn you know it's not just like it's just it's not just like the fucking frat boys hell week where they you know drench you in fucking baking pot i don't even know what they did i, I wasn't in a frat i could ugh, ugh, i don't know they just do annoying gay like a lot of gay stuff a lot of homophobic fucking gay stuff they i think they do in the frats well i've heard well i would have fit in perfectly canceled again Take a shot every time Jordan gets canceled during the Roots book review. <laughs> uh, Kinte. So, I don't know. He gets to be about, like, 17. He's been through a lot of shit. He's kind of living on... He's, he's got his own hood at this point. He's got, like, three younger brothers. You know, and he's starting to, like, think about some chicks. He's like... He's got a fucking good life. I'll tell you, this dude, he's fucking, like, enjoying... He's, like, out in the night sky thinking about how beautiful it is and just how grateful he is for all the stuff. And, you know, like... Everyone's got hardships and everything, but, you know, he's feeling good, you know. There's always the impending threat of the Taobab, because that, that had happened in his village, and there was always the known, and they talked about how it happened more and more, you know. Uh, this village, looking back through the rest of the reading, it's in Gambia, the West Africa, okay. And apparently it's, like, near where there's, like, a island called, like, St. James or something, some big fucking slave island that, like, the British people and the, Fr- and the French people, like, fought over some shit. I didn't realize that. Saint, if if I'm right on that, and it's called St. James, that's fucking crazy that Epstein Island is called Little St. James. I mean, where's the fucking deep, dark Illuminati about that? And I don't mean dark about fucking black people, okay? Canceled. Take a shot of your Croy. 
guys. Um, okay. So he's out there one night looking for some wood to make a drum. Because fucking he wants to make a kick-ass drum, man. He wants to fucking get it banging. I don't know. He's like 17 years old. And dude, it's like, you're 100 pages in this book. And it's kick-ass. It's just like, you're fucking there. And you feel like you're learning about history and shit. He gets captured. He gets smacked over the head. And right away, he's like, oh my God. He like knows. Like, fucking Tao Bob. Fucking Tao Bob. Fucking Bob got him. Fuck. Uh, fights for his life. You know, little success too. You know, fucking he's kicking ass. <laughs> That's fucking taken. And it's like, dude, right at that point, I'm 100 pages in, and I'm like, don't want to finish the book. I think I know the way this goes. I think I know the way it goes. And it, it goes that way. It goes that way, unfortunately. Dude, start, starting with, so this is what I'm talking about. It's like, it starts a little crazy. Like, to me, he's like born in the rice paddy, like worried about the kid. Then you're like, oh, wait, he's got a kick-ass life. And then it's like, oh, fuck. He's never going to see his family again. And he even says, he's like, I knew I would never see Africa again. Ugh. So he's on the ship, and that's no fucking good. And they're pretty much like, you know, they're stacked, like, worse than you stack, like, modern livestock. You know, and that's what it's compared to throughout the whole, cancel, take a shot. But that's what it's compared to the entire time. You know, that's what they're they're treated like. And it's people from different villages. You know, he doesn't recognize anyone from his own village, you know. And, uh... But some of them speak similar languages and they're stacked and it's like, dude, you know, they're pretty much made to like fucking like shit all over all over each other. They smell bad. They're not tended to. They're fucking abused. All the women are raped throughout the whole history in the book and continuing on. All of them are forever. Uh, and it's crazy. And it's like the worst shit ever. And then there's like some moments where it's like they start talking, communicating, and they start to sort of come together. They're like, yeah, we all just need to wait for a right time to fucking escape. And one guy kind of jumps the gun and grabs a machete and cuts like three white dudes' heads off. And you're like, yeah, kill Bob, kill that motherfucker. Dude. And then everyone gets captured again, and fucking Kunta Kinta is still fucking captured, even though they got a victory, so... I don't know, that's what I'm talking about, where it's like, okay, you get some fucking wins in there, and what happens next? What happens next? Did I mention that my only reference of ever seeing this show before was the Chappelle show skit on this shit, <laughs> where he's fucking around as the roots, the outtakes, he's getting whipped, and he turns around and fucking whips the fucking guy whipping him, he's like, motherfucker! God. Just so you know, that was my introduction, so. Blamed it. Dave Chappelle's fucking... Ass. Cancel him. Cancel him. It's your fault. Dave. No, don't cancel Dave. Believe me. People have tried. <laughs> people have tried. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> He's too good. Um, all right. So this motherfucker comes to America. All right. Um, excuse this fucking privileged white man as he takes a puff. Because 12 minutes in. I think this is going to be a long fucking cast. Are you in? Did you read this shit? If you watch this shit, I think it's pretty similar. There's a few fucking story details I looked up on Wikipedia that are quite different. But, you know, it's kind of the fucking gist. They dramatized some stuff up a little bit more. This book was released as fiction, to his credit, as, you know, when people try to fact check it. He is saying, he's like, 
you know, I can't say like every second of these stories that I write, the moments that they're fucking true. But, you know, this story is passed on. But he's like, I will say everything I wrote is stuff I've actually heard of happening. So this happened. This this shit happened. You know, it happened. Anyways, Kunti Kinte, he's on the gets off the fucking bow. He's at the slave auction. He's sold. And right, he's just like, it's terrible. Everyone's pleading. Like some ladies at the auction are like killing their babies because they're like, don't fucking put my baby through this fucking shit. He's tossed off. Ugh. So he's sold. And right away, he tries to fucking run off. He runs away fucking four times, okay? And it's like, it's interesting to me because, you know, when I when I picture like slavery, I picture like people chained up to stuff the entire time and dragged around. And I'm sure there's some there's a lot of that too, but like right away he's on there and he sees like how obedient uh, all the other slaves are, and he's like confused by it. He's like, "How are you just fucking listening to this guy?" He's like, "I'm fucking bouncing." Fuck this. Dude. It's like me, how I've acted. Here I am putting myself in his shoes. Fucking cancel me. Take a shot. Uh, it's like me at every shitty job I have whenever the fucking boss starts like getting like weird and serious and t- telling us to act like a fucking team. And I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, that's what Kin- Kunta Kinta does. Uh, and they chop his foot off. Ugh, that fucking sucks. They give him a choice between his dick and his fucking foot. And he's like, all right, well. When I have kids, you know, but for me, I I don't know, maybe because I, I, if I don't want to have kids, maybe I'd be like, you still want to jerk off. Like, what do you have to look forward to all day? Ugh. Nothing's good. Loses his foot and you're like devastated because you heard about this. This dude's pretty badass. He's fucking knows how to kick some ass and he runs in the woods. He's trying to get away. It's like, that does not help our chances. Because all, all you're thinking in your heart is like, how can he possibly get back and get on the boat and fucking go back to... How can he go... He's like, ugh. Anyways, he meets this motherfucker called the Fiddler. <laughs> a good old name for a nice character. The guy plays the fiddle, and uh, the Fiddler is he's a slave. And he, uh, I don't know, he basically tells him, he's like, yo, dude, quit speaking African. This is your new life. This is the way it is. So do it. You know, this is what you're going to have to fucking... He's like, I don't know. He's like... You're, you got this this new master that's not going to cut your foot off either because some new guy bought him. Anyways, he's like, yo, this guy's like rich, and I even make money. He's like, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean, money and shit? And fucking Kunta Kinta, he looks around, and he does not like the look of things. Like, he doesn't get along with all the other black people. He, like, comments con- a lot about their, like, skin tone, and that's a big thing. They, like, he goes over about how many, f- all, come on all the fucking raping, uh, like how intermixed the, the sla- the blood is between white and black people. Uh, and he's like, I recognize, he's like, I'm the fucking blackest person here. As, as Chappelle's show would say, fucking, he's the fucking original Wesley Snipes. You know what I mean? Cancel me. Take a shot, please. Uh, so what else? Have? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's judging everybody. And he calls, he calls, uh, slaves that have like, uh, white fathers, you know, that they have, he calls them, them like high yaller. Take a shot, cancel. But a new fucking race terminology. Uh, and they, some of them are called mulatto or whatever. I don't know if those are offensive terms. I read mulatto in a Tarantino script. He's talking about Rosario Dawson. I don't know if that's offensive. Take a shot. Uh, all right. So they fucking call him, start calling him Toby. He doesn't like that. He. He's always like, no, my name is fucking Kunta Kinta. 
tries to hold on to like as much of his African heritage as he can, which is not liked at all, you know. And they've told him like because he was running around, running away so much. The fiddler, he goes, "Where are you gonna go?" You know, and that's a lot of the reason you like you see that they're not like just chained up all the time because he's like, "Dude, if you try running, they're gonna find you, and it's gonna be so much worse for you." They're going to, like, hurt you and abuse you and do, like, horrific shit. And he's like, hardly anyone makes it. So that's, you just, where are you going to go? And he fucking lost the foot. So, Kunti can't, though. Where does he go from there? Oh, yeah, he's trying to hold on to his African heritage. The only thing he does that he can consistently do is, like, he keeps a gourd with, he puts pebbles in it for each moon. So that's how he keeps track of how old he is, you know? Because he doesn't go by years back in... Where he came from in Jaffer, he he goes by he goes by rains every year. It rains there. They count that as a fucking year, you know. Rain this year, finally. You're older now. <laughs> Some ladies trying to lie about their age. They're like, "Ain't rain in ten years, motherfucker." <laughs> Take a shot. Um, fiddler, the gourd. Ooh, I am on track with my notes. Oh yeah, he's like, dude. He okay. For sure, cancel me for this, but it was like funny whenever the fiddler said it. Uh, for sure, cancel me. I'm just calling it. Kunta Kinta is horrified. He sees uh, this black slave uh, nursing a black child on one breast, and on the other breast is nursing a white child. And he's like, that is fucking not right. Like, Kunta Kinta doesn't even eat pork around. He's like, I'm not with the way you motherfuckers do this shit. And Fiddler's like laughing at him. He goes, ain't no massa. Ain't never done but sucked on a black mammy before. All right, take a shot. Cancel me, but I, I had to put that across. That was pretty funny fucking writing, Alex Haley. You know that. You're trying to get us. You know it. You know it. <sighs> Here am I. I'm telling him what he did. Fucking all the same shit. Okay. So, Kunti Kent has got this life going, and you kind of ease into it with the reader. Like, a lot of, so much horrified shit has happened, but uh, and then he, like, comes across another guy who's also, like, African from Africa. It's like not many slaves you found. Like most of them were born into slavery and stuff at this point. And they, they're still bringing them all over, but it's like to really come across one that you get a chance to talk to is like, oh, you're from Africa. I'm from Africa. So they speak a little language, you know? And uh, the dude tells me, he's like, yeah, dude, you got to have a family. You got to, you know, fucking get your life going. This, you know, you're going to be here. You get, you get your life going. So fucking Kunti Kinta looks around his options, you know? It's about like when it's about like what people gotta do in small towns. They're like, all right, so there's like this girl that's cool, kind of ugly. This girl that's like hot but like crazy, and those are my options. <laughs> uh, is that life though? Um, what was I thinking? Couldn't get. Oh, okay. But then, oh, I guess he he spots, spots a third option. He goes, there's this girl that has a really nice ass. <laughs> I think that's what he noticed. I th- and he doesn't like that she's shaking it. So Belle, the house cook, he's like, all right, she's pretty cool. Like, in general. She's pretty fucking hot. You know. All right. All right, baby. All right. Maybe I should settle the fuck down. Maybe I should quit Tom off. Which he's not. He's like a man of respect. Man of, re- he's very religious. He's. Not Christianity. Fucking, he's like Christianity. What the fuck is that pagan ass shit? I'm about some Muslim shit. Uh, take a shot. Probably can't say shit when you say that after. All right, where am I at? Kunta Kinta gets married. 
And right away they won't have kid. And I'm like, how's that gonna go? Are you fucking kidding? Like I'm scared of having kids right now and just like life where you you know, you can fucking whip out a bunch of credit cards and pawn off some shit. This motherfucker oh, how are you gonna do it? What's gonna happen? You know, they sell people out of what the f- ah. Whatever. He has her. And he loves her. And he names her Kizzy, which fucking Belle, his wife, does not want to name her. Because he's like, dude, even like just bringing up African anything, if he's, if the master, if the massa recognizes that that's fucking like you doing some African shit, we might just get sold right away. Names her Kizzy. You know, whispers in her ear, does some little bit of African shit that she just fucking not like. She goes, she goes, give me that baby back. You done doing your voodoo? You done doing your voodoo? Uh, you know, cultures clashing. That's love. Um, so they have Kizzy. Right away, Massa John Walla, his niece, Missy Ann, loves Kizzy. Kunda don't like that. He's like, fuck you. You're a fucking tabab. You suck. Like, I don't care how nice, you know, everyone kind of acts and cordial. Uh, you know, they tell him that they're like, you know, we have a nice massa. And he's like, yeah, bullshit. Okay. Ain't, ain't no massa nice. Okay. They're fucking the devil. Okay. Which they are. Um, Missy Ann loves Kizzy. They grow up. They're growing up. They're like best friends. And some people start telling her, they're like, yo, that's a good thing. Because in some places, there's stories of, like, girls that grow up together, and then, like, the fucking one of the friends, the, the the slave friend, the black friend, she'll get sold, and the fucking white girl will be so distraught that they buy her back. You know, they'll be, like, so, like, deathly ill. So, fucking, they grow up together. She starts teaching Kizzy how to read and write, which is not approved of. Like, dude, if you got, like, if they know that you can read and write, you're getting sold down south if you get sold down south it's worse because like the further south you go the more you're abused i think that's kind of the hierarchy this way it's explained here is he's like dude some people get sold to the south and they're like literally worked to death like literally worked to death you know on the fucking field um and uh whatever where was i okay 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 so at this point He's trying to fucking teach his daughter African heritage. This is like the beginning of the shit. He points at a, a guitar. He calls it a co. He points at a river. He's that's, that's a fucking kambe belongo. He uh, he tells her. You know, she asks what happened. He's like, Yeah, I was in Africa. I was out looking for wood to cut to make a drum. You know, he got fucking captured, and you know, he tells her to fuck hold on to her African heritage and shit. Anyways, she starts growing up. Oh. The years go by, you're just like, how is this going to fucking go? I don't think it's going to go good. Uh, I'm going to need a shot before I get any more fucking canceled. Um, Kizzy falls in love. And it kind of falls in love. There's another boy on the fucking uh, plantation, Noah. And he he's a fucking slave. He's born into there. And he goes up to Kunta one day, and he goes, hey, dude, I can't handle this shit. I gotta run. I can't put up with this shit. And Kunta's like, I'm not gonna tell you not to run. I'm gonna tell you, you better be ready to die if you're gonna. He's like, don't take my fucking daughter. He's like, I'm not taking your daughter. I'm going up north and I'm gonna try and fucking escape and then get a job and I'll, I'll buy her back. It's like, okay, that sounds good. That sounds great. Do it. <laughs> uh, so Noah runs off. The next day they call for Kizzy because apparently Kizzy wrote 
a fucking fake traveling pass for Noah. And so right away, they like, boom, she's gone. We're selling her. And you're like, heart fucking shatters, breaks in half, in a million pieces. Fucking Kunta's like, they're freaking out. They're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, at this point, I'm thinking Kunta's going to fucking like hit message on Walla. He's going to fucking try like giving everything. Dude, he's like, he's gone. And Kunta's like, oh my God, I'll try doing some African shit. He tries grabbing some dust off the floor to do a little like spell that he once knew about. You know, if I put these somewhere safe, then her footsteps from this dust will, she will return with her footsteps one day again safely. And he puts, goes to put them in his gourd where he keeps all his pebbles. And then he's like, fuck, because he knows he'll never see her again. He just throws it and shatters it across the fucking floor. And you're like, oh my God, this is the fucking worst. Ugh. And then we switch main characters. And then we go to Kizzy. And it starts off. As bad as it could possibly start off, because she's like fucking 14. Boom. New Massa down south. Fucking creep, McGee, evil upon evil. And I think this is North Carolina. She was, they were in Virginia, and then it's North Carolina they get. So it's like a little f- further south. I'm not, I should have fucking looked up my geography for this. Anyways, she gets raped right away. And that's her life for a while. And it's like horrifying. I literally don't think I wanted to keep reading. I was like, dude, okay, I ended on Kunta Kinta. That was fucking crazy. I was like, I feel like I fucking get it. I fucking don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's so, I'm like, you're flying through because it's so, like, detailed and good. And then it's like, it's so bad. It's like the worst shit ever. She has a kid. Ugh. Which you're like, just horrified over because it's like, oh man, you're so happy that you, you know, was going to continue the bloodline, but it's like, oh, it's this fucking white master's fucking kid and shit. It's like, her, she talks about how her dad would like, not like, <laughs> well, duh, not dig it, but it's like, uh, I don't know. So this is, this is this kid. And she's like, not even wanting it, you know? Not really. So dejected, so depressed. She doesn't like her, you know, obviously she doesn't like her life, but it's like, she can't fucking go on. And there's other people on the plantation, they're like, you know, they're fascinated. The other slaves, they're like, they start falling in love with the kid. And they start like, it brings them life. And they tell her, they're like, hey, man, I'm so, like, duh, obviously. But they're like, maybe, you know, this is your family. We're supportive. They're like, you know, Uncle Pompey over there that never fucking says a word, he's like lighting up. He's to help playing with his kid. He's like, the whole place fucking loves him, you know. And the kid grows up and he's like, He's, like, hilarious. The kid grows up. He's, like, fucking badass impressions and shit. He's literally walking around doing impressions of the massa. And everyone's, like, loves this fucking kid. He's, like, gives the fucking place life. You know? His name's George. Uh, they knew, uh, She wanted to give him an African name. And she was, like, so horrified that they would, like, die or worse. So the fucking... He just got some white-ass towel bob named George. Um, sorry, pal. And no offense all Georges out there, but... With all due respect, take a shot. So George, he's a big hit. He's even a hit with the fucking white people. They even like him. As evil as they are, and they're like nasty, and the, the guy's like super bipolar alcoholic. And he's like, yeah, a crazy fucking rapist, you know. Uh, they love him, though. Everyone loves him. And you're like, okay. Like, he's literally like entertaining house guests and shit. And I don't know. George is like a fucking hit. Kizzy is like settled fucking into like her life. You know, she's like a mother. 
And she's fucking tell. Oh, she tells George right away about fucking Kunta Kinta. She goes, "This is. Let me tell you the story." And this is like the first time that she starts like getting back because she's like, "Okay, I got this child." And she she tells him about the combi Blanco, the co, the, all the shit. And she's like, "You fucking tell your kids this shit forever." And that's how the fucking roots fucking keeps going, you know. This kid George, uh, apparently this master is like really into fucking chicken fighting. Apparently that was a hoot, pun intended. Uh, and he's got like, like more than farming. He fucking he's into chickens, okay. So he gets young George, this motherfucker, into chicken fighting because he's like, I need help because I got this old trainer. He's like, I gotta make George the new trainer. So he grows up being like a master of fucking chicken fighting. He's badass into it. They call him Chicken George. And he's like, I don't know. The ma- the master doesn't fucking acknowledge that he's his kid, even though he knows, you know, but it's like, he doesn't treat him like that. He's like another slave to him. But in other, other terms, they, they do like develop the closest bond because he likes him because he's fucking like worth the most money to him, basically. So he grows up fucking gambling and he loves his fucking... For, he loves his life in a lot of ways. He honestly does. Uh, he knows that that guy's his dad because his mom freaks out and tells him one day. She's like, the only reason he's being nice to you because you fucking worth something to him. Because even he's your... I don't know. He's like, he's your dad. Drop that bomb on you, motherfucker. Okay. Chicken George. Chicken George gets married. He just he just has to jump to broom. They call it jumping to broom. You know? And they fucking like... You know, he goes over to another plantation... Apparently, does a lot of tomcatting around. They're like, he done tomcatting off. Because you could, like, run over to the next plantation. If you're sli- I mean, if you get caught, yeah, you probably might get your fucking foot cut off. But if you make it back the next day. So, you- I didn't realize that. And that's kind of cool. Take a shot. Canceled. Because, obviously, nothing's cool about it. But, you know, in that fucking vein of you're stuck, you're enslaved, the fact that you went out and got a piece of ass the middle of it like that's i mean he's living he's doing what he can he's not living okay take a shot anyways he settles on a bitch that fucking captures his heart making him want to jump to broom and uh marries her has like eight kids god that's too many especially in that dangerous environment i mean fuck <laughs> fuck anyways they go to some huge-ass chicken fight one day, and, like, Chicken George, he's a fucking rambler. He's still tomcatting off. They go to the fucking place. He's all, you know. They go bet, like, the house. They bet everything. And up to this point, Chicken Chicken George, is, he's saved up a bunch of money, and he flat-out tells uh, Master Tom Lee. He goes, dude, I ain't going to bullshit you. I've saved up all my money, and for all the side betting you're going to let me do today, I'm planning on making so fucking much that I buy my freedom. And the fucking Master Lee goes, dude, I'm going to make so much fucking money, I don't even like need many slaves anymore. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to fucking make you free after we win a shitload of money. So they go, they win a shitload of money, and this English motherfucker wants to say, he's like, rematch, double or nothing. And you're like, no. And they lose. Because that's the way the book goes. You get excited for two seconds. You quit raping. They're just fighting chickens. Chickens are dying for no good reason. And you love it. And then they fucking... Uh, and they lose everything. He loses everything. So there's fucking everything. 
so bad that he loses George, this motherfucker. He goes, dude, the only way I'm going to settle this debt is if I let you go to England with this motherfucker for like four years. He goes, and when you come back, you're free. I promise. And you're like, fuck, what? No. Anyways, his whole family gets sold off. All the fucking boys who are like teenagers, they get sold off amidst everything because fuck it, while he's in England. Kizzy... They're all, he he has he's told the story about Quintakin to everybody and Ki- and Kizzy and they fucking love their great grandma or their grandma Kizzy. They all get sold away from her though, so Kizzy stays there with the fucking other people. She's fucking devastated, and they're like, "Okay, don't worry, we're gonna when Chicken George is back, we're gonna figure it out, and we're gonna get back Kizzy back. We're gonna get all the shit." And they go to this new plantation, which is better in the terms of fucking how hard it is. All the boys that fucking they're they men they all become like fucking men of the house especially this one that's like named after the last fucking uh owner uh so tom tom he becomes like a blacksmith fucking one of the one of chicken george's kids what happens what happens chicken george comes back after four years chicken george rides fucking back home sees they're all gone kizzy's died that sucks he's so fucking pissed he gets fucking his homie dr- so drunk he gets the paperwork for his freedom. He goes back to the fucking his fucking homies, not his homies, his family, his goddamn kids. Ugh. Not only is this a hard book, we're late into this podcast. As always, I wrap it up. Take a shot. Um, I don't know. I'm on course actually. I'm doing good. So, civil war starts happening. And you learn history throughout this book very much. And they're all following it. Like, all the fucking slaves, they get the news by listening to the fucking everyone, what they say whenever they're, like, over fucking listening to the conversation of their masters and shit. And they're the fucking Taobab white people motherfuckers. So they, like, know what's going on. They know about the fucking, there's a war in, like, is it Cuba, Haiti? Oh, fuck. I wish I had remembered. You learn about some Toussaint motherfucker who's badass fighting for freedoms and shit. I don't know. Anyways, Abraham Lincoln's coming. Log fucking cutting Lincoln is coming. And they fucking like, come on. Give us a fucking freedom. And they get free. And it's like, you're page 600, and you're like, I wish all the bad shit didn't happen. But they keep passing on the story. You know, that's good. They stuck together as much as they could. And... They pack up. They try to get in their own land. Right away, they face oppression from other white people that don't want Tom the blacksmith to do some badass blacksmithing. But, you know, they, they have, you know, their family spread out. Tom has some babies and some babies, and they keep telling the story all the way down to 1930, where Alex Haley is born. The guy who wrote this shit, okay? And he was taught this story, okay? Now, here's, I guess, here's where I guess where... Some factors, fact checkers, ah, fact checkers, say it's bullshit. And he also paid a little bit of money, and he had to admit some passages were plagiarism from this other guy. Uh, wrote this book called The African. So in court, now I'm wondering what that is because he does say it's fiction. So I'm wondering if he like took his dad's story, or not his dad's, his his great 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 grandpa Kunta Kinte that he had heard, and I'm wondering if he. Like, okay, for the story elements, I'm going to kind of look at the arc of how he did this, you know. So, what? okay, I'm not saying any, whatever. There's there's one strike against him. Okay, what you say? The other one, he went through and, and corroborated, like, a, like, slave records. He saw, like, where 
where Kunta Kinta was sold. Now, apparently, Kunta Kinta was sold. Or, like, Kunta Kinta is the name of a, a real, like, fucking African. Okay? Which fucks me up. Because, okay, he, he corroborated the slave records of when he was sold. However, the slave named Toby on John Waller's ranch, as showed in the records, had already been on that ranch before Kunta Kinta got sold, like five years before, like in the actual records. And there's never any record of anyone named Kizzy ever. Now, after that, with Massa, was it? After that, whenever like Chicken George, his family had got sold, there are some records of like their daughters being named Kizzy because they were supposedly named after. Now, Alex Haley refuted a lot of this and he goes, hey, you say what you want about the fucking records. You know, a lot of records are fucking written down with bullshit and it's lies anyways. You know, I can lie, relying on the, the oral history passed on, he's like, that's more reliable in a lot of cases. So we can say that. Now also, Alex Haley went back to Jafur. He found out by telling him the sounds, people trying to locate the language that he was talking about and he corroborated it with, it's Jafur. Okay. Now one of his best friends said, he goes, the the idea that he found the actual village is highly unlikely. He goes, this whole story's like got a, so many true elements of things that happened. And he's like, I will say the whole the book is so important, but I don't think he found the thing. But Alex says he did. And he went to this village in Defer and they told him because they have like people that just memorize. They're called uh, Griots. Yeah, the, the Griots who just like memorize history. Like that's their actual fucking job. He found this Griot from Defer and he's like, yeah, dude. This was Kunta Kinta. His dad was Amaro. He fucking had these sons. He was out chopping wood, and they captured him. He goes, I was chopping wood for a drum, and they captured him. That's what I always heard. Now, he created, allegedly, what people say that call him out as some fact checkers, circulatory reporting because he thought he was looking for a guy named Kunta Kinta, and so he told people before his trip that he was doing this i thinking he was gonna line these dots up and so the guy that told him the story already knew that so he like told him what he wanted to hear and some because some people from like that that village or that area in, in gambia they even told him they're like hey that guy was kind of full of shit he wasn't like an official griot you know i don't know i will say enough fucking dots line up that okay no. <laughs> Take a shot, because I'm not saying this is some fucking Holocaust denying fucking shit, but it's just like enough dots line up that this pretty much happened to me. That the fact that he there's enough words passed on, he knew the name Kinte. You know, maybe he didn't find the exact village, but there was a story passed on throughout his family of the African, you know, guy who's the the first of their ancestors, you know, of, of a line, you know, and with other things. See, everyone was mixed up amongst different bloodlines. Uh, Indian, uh, Nat- Native Americans, as they call them. Uh, I think that, I think it's just called natives, if you think about it. Fucking, you know, the OG homies. Uh, they're in there. They're, they're mixing blood. It's everything. It's a big, huge mixed-up history. It's everything. It's, it's everything. Anyways, the point is it was good. And I think that that is valid no matter what. Did he find his original fucking place? Is it all lined up, you know? I don't know. To me, you can't give him a hard time because he released another fiction, bitch. You can't even give him a hard time, okay? 
you only gotta respect the fucking thing. And as far as the fucking cheating, me, taking back, shit, well, I don't know. I, mean, I can't act like I'm some original guy. I didn't even get the motherfucking guitar in a film, you know. I always go back to it. I only want This guy's good at writing. It's a great book. It's the best book ever. Yeah. I called it, just, just so you all know. 